Incoming message. Synchronizing. Welcome to Terminal Transmissions, episode one. Oh, yeah. We're coming at you. We're beaming in. Yeah. We got the satellites going. Oh, yeah. Technology. You, you woke up today like, man, I really want to listen to these guys talk about nonsense for an hour. And guess what? It's your lucky day. Yeah. We're you right caught here. it. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Oh, man. So the, uh, the Twin Peaks revival. Right. They, uh, they released like the full cast list today. And... Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's like 200 plus people. Yeah, and that's obviously not like named main characters. You know, that involves like cameos and walk-on roles. But it's so many people and a lot of them are known actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of strange. It's like, um, so a lot of the main cast is returning. It is like a, a revival, a continuation. It actually takes place in real time, essentially. So... It's been 25 years since the, the original series ended, and the new series takes place, like it picks up 25 years later. Awesome. That's um, really cool. Which is cool. So I would say the majority of the original cast is returning, but then there's a ton of new people. Yeah, I was really surprised at some of the names that I saw. Oh, like yeah. Eddie Vedder is going to be there. And Trent Reznor. Uh, and Michael Sarah, Tim Roth. David Koechner. Yeah. Michael Bisping, who, if you know about MMA, you'd recognize. Jim Belushi. Yeah, everybody. Didn't even know he still existed. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I, I looked at the list, and I, I was actually confused for a minute. Yeah. It almost seems like a bit. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. It's like those kids when you're in elementary school, and they have, like, the extra large box of crayons. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it seems absurd. It's yeah. like, you don't need that many crayons, but I'm sure you're going to make a beautiful picture with it anyway. They don't need that many crayons, but you don't have the neon set and the metallic set, and so oh. you're basically scum. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right. Like, right. your show needs Ernie Hudson and Michael Sarah. It's true. You can't, you can't Bob Ross this drawing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be really good. I'm excited about it. It's showtime. I would say they tend to do good more often than bad, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the coolest part about it is that it's not a reboot and it's not you know a spinoff or anything. Right. It's, it's just a direct continuation, as you said, which is really neat. And I like that because when I first heard about it, I thought that it was going to be a retelling. Yep, you nope. know, and, uh, and it's actually funny because there was a point during production where they had some like creative issues with David Lynch. Right. He actually was like leaving the project for a while, and people were bummed out. But uh, he and the like the rest of the show, like producers, were actually able to work it out, and so he stayed with the show. That's awesome. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool because you never hear about that. It's like I'm never working with these guys again. Yeah, it's like uh, you're, I'm I'm done with you professionally, mate. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> a little Batman spinoff. Oh yeah, a little Christian Bailey out of a joke. Oh yeah. So, other TV news, we watched Game of Thrones. Oh, it happened. Separately, but we both watched Game of Separate Thrones. Separate but equal. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. I liked it quite a bit. For the first episode of, this, of a season, uh, I thought it was one of the better ones. 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that personally, as far as like a season premiere, other than the first episode of season one, uh, I think it was the strongest. Um, I feel like the series has suffered from really boring series premieres absolutely. or season premieres. Right. Absolutely. I, I would say, uh, I guess we'll throw a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert right yeah, there. Yeah, We'll put up a, an annotation that tells you where you can skip to. Yeah. Timestamp wise. So you don't have to listen. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it yet, which is for like three people in America, you will know. So I, I was actually really pumped because quite a few of the things that happened were kind of cliffhangers from the last time. And it was really neat because as it was presented, like with um, Brienne and with Arya, it really felt almost like those would be, you know, like a, a, in, a in a finale. Like when, right, right, when, right. Oh, yeah. When Brienne showed up and just killed like 85 dudes at once, that sequence felt like it would be in a finale episode. Right. But instead, it's in, uh, you know, an introduction episode to the to the season. I thought that was awesome. Same with Arya, you know, being blind and, and kind of getting the <laughs> kicked out of her for a minute. And it, it was cool because both of those are so open-ended now where it's so exciting. Especially, I mean, I've read the books and I have no idea what's going to happen right. with either one of those because, well, that doesn't happen with Brienne. That doesn't happen at all. Right. That scene with her like taking the oath was like getting me emotional. Yeah, I was I was getting a little choked. It up was a really it. good scene. It was very very good. It's really cool to see that they're finally able to do something with Sansa, which I get it. Like I I get why she hadn't really been utilized as more of a, like a, a power player, right. you know, up until this point, but it, it sucked because she really has just been kind of like jerked around from the first season. And it's yeah. finally her time to actually like get to do something really cool. It seems like hopefully. And see the, the thing that I'm jammed up about now is that, you know, later in this season or next season or at some point during the remaining, what is it? Three seasons that we have left. Something like that. Um, I don't know who I would rather see like slowly slide a dagger into Ramsey's throat if it's Theon or Sansa. Now. Right. Now would, now I'm torn. I don't I, right. it's hard to say. Right. I would be okay with either one as long as it goes down. It was cool to see Theon kill somebody. I was really I, I shouted finally at the TV really? when he stabbed that guy. I That's like awesome. shouted. I was like finally. Yeah, I was saying as I was watching it that I I actually love Theon's arc yeah. from beginning to end because well yeah, up until now not the end. Right. Um because Theon was just kind of like a nobody in the beginning and, you know, he wasn't a Stark and he was kind of just a hanger on. And then, of course, like he went through his awful phase and then, Reek. you know, well, even before that, like sacking Winterfell and, oh, right, right, right. you know, okay. and doing all that where you were like, oh, you asshole. Right. And then from there, like him getting his comeuppance, but then it going way too far. It went way you, too far. Yeah, where you're like, oh man, okay, I don't want you to get hurt anymore. Can you just kill this guy because I feel so bad for him? And then now he's finally coming into a, like a redemption arc, very similarly in a completely different way, but very similarly to me and feeling to Jamie Lannister. Right. Where it's in the beginning, he's just an he's the worst. Yeah, you. It's it's actually kind of amazing how much most people, especially you know, I I definitely am included, hated him, and then kind of the same thing, not nearly as bad. He only got his hand chopped off versus <laughs> you got two other hands, <laughs> right? You can bounce back from a hand. Yeah, you can get a prosthetic hand. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, anyhow, but yeah, Jamie has done the same thing, especially in the books, more so in the books, where he went from being just a jerk ass 
to actually going through a lot of heavy and then going on a redemption arc where you just have to start rooting for him. And he's now one of my favorite characters in the books. Not so much in the series. I like him in the TV series. In the books, he's actually probably in my top five. Just because it's so cool to see see that. To see right. someone get taken down, not just a couple pegs, but from like top of the world to being an underdog and then just rooting for them in yeah, everything Yeah, and, and actually in the same vein, it's to the point now where I'm, I'm starting to feel bad for Cersei. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's too far at this point. Yeah. Like, she, I know that she's, like, the worst, other than, like, Joffrey. She's, like, the worst character in the in the show anyway. Right. Because they don't really go into some of the terrible, terrible people in the books. Right, absolutely. Um, but, like, at this point, I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it really sucks for her because she's not an evil person. Like, Cersei's not, she's not a Ramsay. You know, they're, she's not meaningfully, you know, trying to be... A bad person. Right. She's very misguided and she's very selfish. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, she still thinks she's doing the right thing. Right. You know, and so it does suck. It does suck seeing her just get not only like the rug yanked out from under her, but it's like, oh, you just have to sit here and watch all of your kids get killed. And there's nothing you can do about it. And someone told you some like mystic told you this when you were like 12, that this was going to happen. Told you not how it was going to happen, but... Just that it was going to happen. It was, and that even the numbers. Like, telling her, oh, you'll have three kids, and they're all going to be killed. And then, also, like, everything you love is going to be taken away from you. And then, you're going to be beautiful, and you are going to be a queen, but then there's going to be a queen that's more beautiful than you. And you're going to have to, like, watch her replace you. And getting told that at, like, 12, and then just having to watch all of it happen. So, it was cool... Seeing it in the in the episode last or uh, seeing it in the episode of her addressing that and finally bringing it up, and I guess Jamie just had no idea, and uh, that was really cool. On the other side of things, all right. Before we get into this, <laughs> let me just give a disclaimer that I have not read the books, and Garrett has, so we have differing opinions on this subject because there's a lot of subtlety and context that you get from the books and like further information that I don't have. So I only have the information provided to me in the show. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so in the show, from this episode, the entire Dorn story arc went absolutely bonkers. And I actually don't like it. And for the most part, I've been okay with the little changes that have happened in the show versus the book, you know, the little divergent paths. For the most part, I've completely understood, you know, it's not always easy to take a book, especially a book as huge and book, book series as huge as A Song of Ice and Fire and make a TV show out of it. I totally get that. But what they did with the Dorn arc from this episode, I am really, really not a fan of it. I want to see how He's it plays frustrated. out. Yeah, I want to see how it plays out, but I'm also really bummed out that they wrote out uh, Gerald Dane, the Dark Star. They wrote out Ariane Martell and... They're just taking it in this weird direction, and I'm not really sure. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I bet um, it'll turn out cool. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I just really like that story arc and what they're doing with it from the books, and I'm kind of bummed out that they just went completely bonkers with it. But other than that, it was cool. It was cool to see Melisandre turn into like a an ancient like hag. Oh, yeah. Which is really cool. I liked it. It was really dark. I was so confused. Yeah, yeah. For even a second, I was like, uh, what happened? And then it showed like the necklace. I was like, oh, okay. It was actually funny because I was in like the middle of doing a bit. 
Yeah. Like about how they couldn't go one episode without showing a titty. <laughs> so I'm like in the middle of doing this bit and then suddenly she was old. She was like a thousand years old and I was so confused. Yeah, for for one second it just showed it in the mirror. And I was I'm like, what is this mirror? Why is this like magic mirror, like showing her the future? Yeah, yeah. And I, I did the same thing. I, that's where my mind went with it. Yeah. I was like, what is she, how did she get a mirror that allows her to see somewhere else? Because that's some other person's face. And then it panned back to her. I was like, oh, you actually are just some like ancient person. Yep. So it's pretty neat. It's it's pretty neat. So and it's cool to be like clueless about where everything's gonna go. Absolutely, and that's uh that's a really cool thing because so I read the books. I started reading the books between season two and three, and so when I started watching season three, I still hadn't caught up to where the books were. So when the red wedding happened, I was right before that in the books, so I had no idea, and that was the first thing that happened that I had no idea about, right. and so now. Everything is like that in the show for me now. It's exciting, and it is. Nobody's it is very safe. exciting. Yeah, it, it is very exciting, and I and I like it. And for the most part, I I really do enjoy Game of Thrones. Like most people, as it's like the most watched show in America. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see where they go with it. But I will say that I am very bummed out that Doran Martell was killed. But ah, uh, we'll see. They might be able to spin it into something really, really cool. Yeah, and the thing is, and and this kind of comes back to the perspective of. If you haven't read the books and you haven't done a lot of digging into like the wiki, mm-hmm. for me, he's such an unimportant character. Yeah. Like they, they didn't build him up at all in the show. Yeah. Like absolutely. zero. He was right. in like two scenes ever. Yeah. yeah. So in the for, show, Dorn is basically the Sand Snakes and Oberyn. Yeah. It's, it's nothing else. They've shown almost nothing else. You've seen a little bit of the climate. You've seen a little bit of Sunspear. And then other than that, it's like... Basically, this other place that's just like everywhere else in Game of Thrones. And what's funny about it is because, contextually, you have shared some little tidbits with me here and there. Right. This was never, this impression was never given in the show. But what was Doran's, like, guard, his bodyguard's name? Ario Hota, I think. So he's supposed to be, like, one of the baddest dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be, like... And he went down, like, just, like, nothing. Yeah, yeah, he just got killed in one second. If I had only seen the show and had never talked to you about it, that would have just seemed totally normal to me. Yeah, but for one second, I was like, "Wait, what? No, that's not right. He's yeah. supposed to be like the baddest dude." And yeah, and I was like, "No, they never made that apparent in the show." Yeah, he's supposed to be like unwithable. Yeah, like he's he comes from. It's actually really neat. It it almost doesn't feel like a Game of Thrones thing because a lot of stuff in in Essos really doesn't. It doesn't feel like because you haven't really seen it, and it's so different. It's much more regular. I would say, quote unquote, regular fantasy, and so. Yeah, what there's just these monks that you go and you're sold there as a kid to this like monastery and you are just trained in how to kill people with an axe. You sleep with the axe. You're just the bad, you're bad enough to save the president's daughter. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a bad enough dude. And that was another thing that I, I hated about his character is that it's supposed to be an axe and they made it like a halberd and it's supposed to be just an axe. Yeah. We, we actually talked about that. I think last season. Yeah. Yeah. When, as soon as it showed him, I was, I was bummed out that it's like, no, that's a halberd dude. It's supposed to be just like a cool fucking axe. Right. And that's, I mean, again, it's one of those little things that for most people like, oh, like who cares? It's an axe versus a Howard. But it's just such a, a small, unimportant detail that's like, why did you have to change it? It's so also it, it's also funny how much harder it is to be subtle in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, so long before season five even aired, you had kind of explained the whole, there's some big silent 
like knight that shows up. Right. But you're not sure in the books. They're really vague about it. Right. But in the show, it's he's, just like... He's just dead he's, man walking? It's definitely not the mountain. <laughs> it's not the mountain as a zombie. There's no way that's not him. Yeah. Don't look at him. Don't look. Don't talk to yourself. <laughs> don't talk ever again. Yeah, it, in, the, in the show, even in the, like, the trailer that it showed it, he his eyes are just like... The skin oh, yeah. around his eyes are just like purple blue. Yeah. Where it's, it's... It's disgusting. Yeah, it's... I think in the books it says that it's just... You can't really see it's like into shrouded, his helmet. Right. Yeah. So you don't really know. And so it's really mysterious. Although I don't really know how they would hide the smell of that. But going on, moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, the mountain's like a Frankenstein creature that has been brought back to life by, like, necromancy from the, what, Quiburn? And... I think you mean necromancy. <laughs> and so, yeah, but in the show, you're definitely right. It's just like, oh, that's... What's his name? Is it not a zombie? Oh, yeah, is it, yeah, yeah. Is it, it, That is Sir Not a Zombie. Oh, yeah, that is... From the land of the living. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's so... It is It is a lot harder, and they have to kind of, you know... That's the fountain. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the mountain died, and then there's this guy that's his exact size shows up, and he can kill people, too. His you don't la- know who it is, though. His last name is... Schlafwain. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's very weird. I also like it like in the you know, Westeros is supposed to be I mean it's it's a pretty decently sized place. Um in fantasy land. Um but uh <laughs> lots of it's fantasy miles. Right, of course. Bigger than a normal mile. <laughs> and um but in, in Westeros, people know who each other are. You right. Know, even if you're not even from the same region, if you're a badass, people have heard of you and stuff. And so it's like Who's this guy supposed to be? You know, you're just in King's Landing and you're like, hey, this like eight foot tall brute just the, showed the up. The only other eight foot tall person ever just showed up. Yeah. And he just is like the same day. Yeah. It's so, it's so just ridiculous, but I love it. I think it's so cool. So on to some uh, pretty cool science news. I don't know if you had heard that Honda is releasing a hydrogen car a hydrogen-powered car next year. No, I hadn't heard that, actually. Um, yeah, so they have a, a hydrogen fuel cell car called Clarity that they are releasing next year, okay. 2017. Um, however, you know, with the foresight that there are... You can probably count on two hands the number of hydrogen refueling stations right. there are. Yeah, uh, They are also re- releasing a fully electric version, a plug-in. That's awesome. And a plug-in hybrid version of Clarity. That's awesome. So they're basically just going to come stomping in with a whole mess of, of uh, non non fossil fuel, environmentally friendly cars. That's really cool. I wonder. I wonder what the price points are going to be on those, and and how they'll compete, both, um, you know, price wise and as like how nice they are versus Teslas. Because I know, I mean, Teslas are just like the coolest cars that exist. Yeah, they are, and and Tesla's prices continue to come down. Yeah. Um, I would say Honda has always been competitive price-wise. It's right. kind of been like their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, price versus quality. Obviously, you can get cheaper cars, but they're not as good. Yeah. So I would think they probably won't be exorbitant, at least not the electric and hybrid versions. The yeah. fuel cell version, I, I don't think they released any information about it, but I would oh, assume okay. it, it could be pricey. Yeah. Just because it's like the only one. Right, right, yeah. I was wondering. I was actually That was my next question is, are there other cars that have already been released commercially that are fuel cell? 
Because I ha- I didn't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I definitely hadn't heard about it. But yeah, I'm 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 glad to see it happening. I would I would like for hydrogen to become a bigger a bigger thing. But yeah, you're totally right. I think that I've seen one hydrogen refueling station total. And I, I mean, honestly, just for the electric ones, I've only seen a handful of those in public places. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you can get that at your house. So it's not as big of a deal. And I know like a few Walmarts and stuff. Yeah, it's starting to become more prevalent at like grocery stores. Yeah. Like you'll see like an HEB that has a few like electric car parking spots with chargers. Um, and then, yeah, of course, you can't always charge it at home. Mm-hmm. So the thing with those is, you know, as long as you plan ahead. Yeah. Like, okay, I can go this far and I can go here and then go here and then come home or go to this stop and, and charge up. It's not a big deal at this point. But yeah, the hydrogen one, I'm really not sure. Yeah. But we'll either way, it's, see, it's yeah. really cool. I mean, it's another step towards... Yeah, fossil fuel independence. Right, which we have... There's two timelines, <laughs> right? There's the, the Donald Trump-Hillary timeline where the world is destroyed. Right. Uh, and then there's the we get our shit together, transhumanity, super future timeline where everyone has cyborg bodies and the world doesn't destroy itself. <laughs> right. And in that regard, some scientists have come up with uh, a new method of genome modification. What? Yeah, which is allowing them to, instead of cutting the genome, which has kind of up until this point been the main method by which they've been exploring genome therapy, it's allowing them to just swap letters within the genome. That is so cool. Yeah, it's it, it, it's really, really neat to see. And they're, they're already, you know, doing tests on this, Not obviously not on humans or anything, but they're doing testing with it to see what its capabilities are, but they're projecting that they're going to be able to change what kinds of diseases you would be susceptible to that are inherent within your, within your genome, which is really cool because then we can really start getting into this preventative medicine where it's just like, oh, well, you just don't develop cancer cells the same way that like... It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love that, that kind of stuff, that for, very forward-thinking preventative, proactive medicine versus, hey, how do we cure cancer once someone has it? Well, right. I get that. That's, it. That's important. But I would say much more importantly, let's figure out how to stop us from ever getting it. Right. So. It makes sense. And that kind of comes back to conversations that we've had numerous times of religious people and conservative people are going to fight this. Right. Of course. Cut off your nose to spite your face basically yeah. is their entire existence. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like the same people who just blanket are against GMOs. Right. Not really realizing that like every vegetable we have is GMO. Right. <laughs> or, like, or, or or stem cells, even though they don't have to come from a, a, like a Right, right. It's not like you go to like a mother who's like nine months pregnant and like tear the baby out and like cut its head open and right. then like smear the, the cream on yeah, somebody's dump, like cancer. D- yeah, just <laughs> yeah, chop its head off and then just dump the stem cells out. Right. And then you bathe in it, and then that's the rejuvenation. Which, if you've ever watched a like a Republican debate, that's oh. what they think. <laughs> yeah, that is what they think is the case. Yeah, the fantasy video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, yeah. but yeah, it, it's very, very cool. And as much as I don't want to be that guy, because I know that initially it's going to be used for like preventing cancer and like giving you immunity to AIDS and like making sure you're not born with like some condition. Right. I just like. Can I have four arms? Yeah. Which which uh, part of my DNA do you have to swap out that I get eye stalked? Yeah. Where's the purple eyes? Like <laughs> I just want purple eyes. Yeah. yeah. Where like when do when do you just make it to where I'm a shark man? I want two beards. 
Where does the other one go? Well, so my beard grows out, and then all the hairs sprout a second set of hairs. <laughs> Articulating follicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. It's I like a it. monkey tail. <laughs> Prehensile Yeah, hair. it's a prehensile beard with a secondary beard that grows out of the first beard. I love it. I love it. It's and fist-proof. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And that one can actually digest and absorb nutrients. <laughs> So I can just put like food or like small mammals into my beard and it'll like just it. kind of like a jellyfish. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. This is a very long bit and I really like it. Well, I mean, it is a bit, but also I'm not kidding kind of. Right. Like specifically what I'm saying about my beard I'm kidding about, but yes, actually edit my DNA to give me like gills. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I get why some people are reticent about things like that, about that you know, there are people that are weirded out about transhumanity, and you and I are both like on the opposite end. Where it's like, when do I get the robot arm? When do I when do I just get to plug my brain up into the internet and just you know, that's how I do things. And I don't need a computer anymore; it's in my brain now. And so it's funny because you know, you and I talk about it, and we're like, oh yeah, pumped up. What what operations would give me that as quickly as possible? Right. Let's move forward. And then there's some people who are like, whoa, no, 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 no. That's the devil. Yeah. Jesus Jesus is going to come back because you said that. <laughs> right. He's like, he's like the Pokemon cards from the 90s to some people. It's like, oh, well, if you just have those cards, then the, the Satan's going to come out. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. I didn't get that bit for a second. You had to extrapolate. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, I was digging deep. But yeah, so I'm definitely more in the camp of like, give me a laser gun on my face and tank tread legs. But if I have to settle for like my arm splits open and like a bone spear comes out of it and I just get somebody like Robocop when he stabs yes. old dude in the neck with that, like right with his like data spike. spike. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which first and foremost, why what? was that? Yeah. Why? Where are the ports? What company made no, the no, no. port see, that that thing is see, for? The whole thing is conductive. Uh, so as long as you hit any part, Oh, as long as it touches electricity, yeah, it works. You, you get in there. Okay, they they, they, they they were like, we like what R2-D2 does, but let's make it more invasive. <laughs> R2-D2 R2 needs the spinny thing. Right, right. So we're just going to bypass that. We make our own hole. You just punch a hole in it. Yeah. Well, speaking of mad science, uh, we also have scientists at Duke University that are coming up with wiring monkey brains Duke. together, which is really, really cool. It's also one of those things where a lot of people are going to oppose it. I wouldn't say a lot of people, um, but some people will oppose it, and I get it. It's more mad science than you know swapping out genomes. Well, I don't know. You know, monkey, a, monkeys aren't sacred, I guess, to, to a lot of people. Right, right, right. They're not humans. Yeah. Um, so but they're, they're trash. <laughs> right. We're inherently better. Than yeah, them yeah. They are. Way. They are our objects to control, and we can just do with them as we will. <laughs> well, scientists are doing that at Duke. They started wiring some of their brains together. They started wiring rats' brains together and making these neural networks, which are really cool. Uh, and just overall, like, making a brain interface and allowing the processing power to kind of be joined together. So, you, you know, kind of like quad core versus uh, dual core. Right. Um, but also, in the rats specifically, they Share were... Share the load. <laughs> right. Yeah, and in the rats, they were doing transferring information. Right. Like sensory data which is really, really, really cool to me because not that I want my brain just hooked up to other people's brains or anything, but I just feel like once we start getting this figured out, that's when we are going to get the internet like link. We get the uplink. 
It's like, okay, well, we figured out how to do it with these with these rats and these these chimpanzees. So now we can just do it with humans where you can just think and then it just transfers your sensory data and someone else just gets it over here. Dude, it was macaques, not chimpanzees. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, I just want to reference a very specific um, bit from the actual research paper, uh-huh. which is... Um, so the, the macaques were all hooked up to a computer and they were controlling a CG arm. It wasn't right. actually a real robotic arm. It was a CG arm. Okay. Um, but when the monkeys got the arm to hit the target, the researchers rewarded them with juice. Each monkey had different juice preferences. We had to do a preference, preference test beforehand. To be clear, the monkeys don't think, move my arm, and the arm moves. They learn what kind of thinking makes the arm move and keep doing that because monkeys love juice. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. At least the monkeys got some juice out of it, right? Right, of course. And, you know, telekinetic computer powers. I love it. That's Te- what I- Technomancer monkeys. It's- juice, technomancer monkeys. I, I mean, I six and one. Yeah, I, I feel like there's nothing cooler than that. Like, yeah. I just, I need that. You know, it's like, why do I keep going to, for Animorphs references? But it, it, in Animorphs... I don't <laughs> like That's like, legitimately, this isn't even a bit. That's three days in a row that I've made an Animorphs reference, and I, I haven't... I haven't read those books Every since I was like 10. Every second that you're alive is an affront to the universe. It's true. It's true. And I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, Andalites had the, like the touch pads Jesus. and then they just set their hand on it and they could just think and it control that like that was their mouse. And now I'm like, I feel like we're just going to get that in like five years. That's just what the fingers eye- crossed. Yeah. It's just, that's what happens. It's like, oh yeah, you're peripheral. You just lay your hand on this pad and then it just makes computers work. Give it to me. Love it. Let's uh, let's talk about video games. All right. So uh, I found out about this really interesting game called Naval Action. Imagine Eve Online sort of mashed up with Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. So it's like a naval combat game, but it's very similar in style to Eve. It's like an MMO. Everyone has their own ship. You like armada around and you have ship to ship battles with cannon fire and etc etc and it looks really really cool uh it's in early access right now i hadn't even heard about it until today yeah i Um, hadn't either but it's something that i'm actually really interested in trying absolutely i it seems like a la eve it's going to be incredibly difficult right there's gonna be a serious learning curve yeah yeah because that's i tried with eve for like a day I did I did the, like the week free trial a few years back and it was it's like all right well go go learn calculus first and then come back I mean it's just there was a lot of catching up to do when you you know you're just jumping into it versus all of these people because these are the kind of games that really get diehards and those are the kinds of people that you can't really compete with unless you do your homework uh yeah but this game has you actually have to account for wind. You can't sail into, you know, the wind. So cool. And yeah, like, cause in Black Flag, you could, you could just, uh, there was no real such thing as that. You could just, oh, I opened my sails. I moved forward. It was basically a motor, which was so cool because I absolutely loved Black Flag and I didn't need it to be ultra mega realistic to have fun. It was still amazing. And I love pirates and all of that stuff. Naval games have always interested me and always been fun. And I'm definitely going to have to try this out because it it looks awesome. It's it's beautiful. They've definitely done their homework on 
all of the actual ship models and, and what have you all really well detailed. And they worked with experts to make sure that all of the ships were correct, that all of the, you know, sails worked the correct way right. and, and all of that. So it's, it, it seems very, very cool. And it's not the prettiest game I've ever seen, but it looks really good. Like yeah, it's yeah. Graphically, very, very nice. Yeah. I do like that it's similar to Eve in that you can just buy bigger ships. Yeah. It does have an in game economy, all based on just players trading against, like, amongst one another. Which, which is, is really the, cool. co- the coolest thing. Right. It's, it really is. Uh, and I read something, I read a little tidbit that said when you're in, like, really, really big ship battles, like with, like, dozens of ships, those battles can take, like, over an hour. Oh, wow. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so, really neat. It is something that again, it's in early access right now. So, <laughs> like Eve, probably best to start playing it now. Yeah, because otherwise you might never catch up. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it's really neat. It also like you you choose uh, a faction, which is basically just a country to be from, right? And it kind of assumes that all countries are kind of against one another at all times, and so yeah, you just get to like pick a faction and then go against the other factions and you can crew up. There's basically like guilds very similarly to Eve and you can, you can join those and you can make alliances and then go take down other places and take over ports. And uh, I, I'm guessing that you get like benefits to taking over a port. You probably can buy things there cheaper and what right. have you. So absolutely awesome idea. Really. I think, I mean, I haven't played it yet, but it seems like a very cool execution from what they were talking about. Right. And and I've wanted another game that had really cool naval combat since Black Flag because yeah. that was objectively the best part of that game. And oh, yeah. I loved the naval combat. I thought it was awesome. It was. It was very cool because while it wasn't hyper-realistic, again, it was very fun and it was something different than basically any game that I'd ever played before. And I remember telling you when I first played Black Flag that... I'd never felt as immersed in a role in a video game as I did with Black Flag. That it was, it's just, I, and I keep saying this, it's not hyper-realistic, but I felt like a pirate right? when I played Black Flag. No, you and, do. When you play Black Flag, unless you're a psychopath, you feel like a pirate. Like yeah. And you, you like are like, I am the captain of this ship right now. Yeah, and I just want to go f*** up other ships, and I want to take them... And make them go make money for me. It is so much fun that it almost... And I love all of the Assassin's Creed games. And that was so much fun that I almost didn't want to do the other parts of that game. And that's what we've talked about is just do a Black Flag 2. Right. And make it just not an Assassin's Creed game. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I would even be okay with it being in the same universe and just split it off using the Animus and everything. Like an Ender's Game, Ender's Shadow thing. Just have a different series going on. There's still Templar there. There's still Assassins. But just do a different thing. You don't even have to do it with a, like Kenway's storyline yeah. or, or Bloodline for that matter. I had so much fun with that game. And it's and I've even gone back and played it after I beat it like months and months later. Like, let me pop this back in and just go like take over some ships just for a minute. Just because it's so much fun. You don't get to do that a lot in video games. Just... It's like, you know, of course there's games like Crackdown or Prototype where, yeah, oh, you know, you are a super mega badass, but there's just something cool about just being a pirate and doing whatever you want. Agreed. So we finally got to see Pokemon Go. It was a uh, a leak of the beta, the closed beta test right now. Love leaks. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Leak slap. 
but they're definitely still ironing out, you know, some of the finer points of it. But it w- it was really cool to finally get to see, you know, not just, oh, we made this for a commercial. We got to see gameplay. We got to see actually what it looks like when you, you know, catch a Pokemon, which I was really interested in. I didn't realize that you didn't fight the Pokemon yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the wild. You just throw Pokeballs at them. Yep. I see it showed that in one of the uh, like advertisements, and I thought that it had already been beaten up enough. Right, right, right. And so I didn't realize that you don't, you know, you don't like unleash the fury of yeah. your Pokemon. Nope. You just huck Pokeballs at them until you catch them, which is kind of weird. It's still cool. I liked seeing it. I liked seeing the, you know, augmented reality style, like, oh, I still see like the street that I'm on. But then there's also, you know, a Pokemon right there. There's just a Vulpix just running up to me. Love it. Yeah. I it, love it. Yeah, it looks really, really, really cool. But then additionally, it, it looks like it has some RPG elements. Right, right, right. And, and you actually create a character, which the character creation was really extensive. Yeah, it was. For, I mean, it had like more options than Division did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you actually had quite a few options uh, to choose from, which really looked cool. And then it actually showed you going around in an RPG style, like, you know, setting things up. It looked like you get to kind of like set up a gym, I think is what it was showing. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see that. That's super cool. That's true. Yeah. I I think that that's what it was. It looked like you, you could set up something and it looked like you could leave your Pokemon there and that other people could battle it. It seemed like something like that. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And then it, so like you could just be like walking along the street and come across like someone else's like area. I and think like fight so. their Pokemon. I think so. Wow. It, it didn't, you know, it wasn't explaining it in the video, right? But it looked, it, it said something like if you leave this Pokemon here, then like it's going to be there until it's beaten and you can't like take it back. But it was also showing he was customizing something like what looked like architecture or some some something so yeah i guess you get to like set up a zone maybe and people other people can come across it and fight if it. that turns out to be true that's going to be so cool yeah i'm like double excited about that game now yeah so th- it, that's what it seemed like I- i'm gonna watch it again i just kind of perused it real quickly um but it seemed like something like that and it seemed really really neat it seemed really well done obviously it's not done um completely but yeah, i'm very excited about it like I said before, I'm hoping it's not just killed by microtransactions. I hope it's not just, oh, we'll just huck Pokeballs at this thing, but, you know, at 99 cents a pop. It's like, okay, well, that's not what I want to do. Buy a Master Ball, five bucks. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Or I, you can just buy a Charizard straight up for a hundo. A yeah. cool Millie. <laughs> yeah, and I I hope that that's not the game. I, I hope that they don't kill it with microtransactions because games... There's a fine line. You know, there are some games that really, it doesn't really bother me that they have microtransactions and you can get a lot of enjoyment out of them with or without microtransactions. And then there's some games that it's useless. You can't really even play it unless you do the microtransactions. And that always bums me out. It's Some of the games are really, really, really cool. And you can't really get any enjoyment out of it unless you immediately start throwing money at it. Because I don't mind buying games, but when it's, you know, buying going and buying like a console game and spending sixty bucks is vastly different from, you know, every time I play this game to do anything, I might have to drop like two or three or four bucks. That very quickly adds up to infinity dollars. Yep. So we'll see. I, I'm definitely gonna try it out, regardless. So Yeah, I mean like an AR 
free roaming quest around the globe to find Pokemon style game is something that I could never even even have imagined as a child. Yeah. It's obviously not the be all end all of Pokemon games now with what we know is possible. Sure. But it's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, just the thought of walking around outside and like coming across a Pokemon and yeah. being able to capture it, even if it is just augmented reality yeah, is on, on your phone is still really, really exciting to me. Yeah. I think Very it's incredibly cool. exciting. Yeah, I, I do as well. I'm and the only other thing that I was going to mention is I so far I think everything that's been shown is Gen One, and hmm. I'm going to be really bummed out if it is just Gen One because I'm like the opposite of a Gen Oneer. I I like the first Gen, but pretty much all of my favorite Pokemon are from later gens. You need a Garbodor to have fun. <laughs> yeah, I need I need all sorts of just wonky. <laughs> What's that one that changes from like a lawnmower to like a laundry machine? Uh, Rodham. Yeah, that stupid thing. Yeah, that's all you. Yeah, that's that's all me. Is that a chandelier? Oh yeah, I I need all of that, but specifically I need a Garchomp and I need a Metagross and I need a Keys. Oh yeah, yeah. Just a Pokemon that's a set of Keys. I do. I need that and a snow cone, ice cream cone. Sorry, not a snow cone. I messed up. Everyone's gonna know you're a phony now. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I'm. I'm. He's a gin water. Uh, <laughs> uh, only the original 101 Pokemon are cool. I don't like any of the later gins. Piplup's not even neat. Oh shut up. And Polion looks stupid. <laughs> Why does Garchomp use its fins as weapons? That makes no sense. It's fucking badass. I, uh, for complete disclosure, I have. <laughs> three pictures hanging up in my bedroom, one of which is a Piplup, which is my favorite starter of all time. One is a Metagross, and one is a Garchomp. Those are my three top three Pokemon. Which is why he referenced Metagross and Garchomp, and then I went after him with Piplup, because I know. Yeah. As yeah, I you love do. Pokemon. I, I, I love Pokemon, always have, and I'm really pumped up about this game. So. Always have? Okay, since it came out when I was, <laughs> when I was like 12. Trolling. But yeah, it looks really cool. So excited to see it. Okay, so I want to talk about movies a little bit. And before I even get into this, I'm going to go ahead and just give a spoiler warning. This is all um, conjecture about this movie, but it could be considered spoiler territory by some. So I'm just giving the warning now. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, it seems like maybe Nathan Fillion has been cast as Wonder Man in the movie. Yeah. Now, it could just be an Easter egg. It could just be a cameo. But the way that it's shaping up, it looks like there is an announcement that he was officially cast as a character. Oh, really? And then based on this leak, it seems like he might be Wonder Man. So essentially, some fans were on a set. Spoiler number one, it was an Earth set. So there are going to be Earth scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, okay. So that was one reason why I wanted to say a spoiler warning. Two, on this set, there were movie posters on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was all bits. Like one of them was like a Tony Stark biopic. Uh, but they're all starring uh, Simon Williams, who in comics right. is Wonder Man. Awesome. And, and he is an actor in the comics. Right, right. Uh, and, it, and, and it's Nathan stuff. Fillion on all the posters. Oh, really? So on one side, we have an announcement that he has been cast in the movie. And on the other side, we have this leak of these posters of him playing Simon Williams. Again, it could just be an Easter egg, right? They could just be there. 
B, he could just be playing Simon Williams and not actually be Wonder Man. Yeah. He might never actually do a power. Right. But man, it would be really cool if he did. It would be cool because he's that's such a B-string character, but such a cool character. It's such a cool character. Nathan Fillion should be in a Marvel movie other than just the blue guy who got nose (laughs) by Groot in the first movie. (laughs) Yeah. So it would be really cool to see him as Wonder Man. And the thing is, like, he has basically cosmic powers. Yeah. He's not like a cosmic Marvel character, but he could fit in that universe. Yeah. The other thing is, so he, in the comics, he got his powers from Baron Zemo, Mm -hmm. who is two weeks away from being introduced into the MCU. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Baron Zemo is going to be in the MCU literally two weeks from tomorrow. Or okay. The following day. Irregardless. <laughs> um, so, and, and, you know, that, that connection doesn't necessarily have to happen. Yeah. But. It's still a cool possibility. It would be really cool. I'm always really excited about, like, B-stringers being in those movies. Like. People that you don't normally get to hear about. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to have to be the future of the MCU. Because so they've very recently get, you know, given not necessarily press releases, but they've been quoted as saying that they are planning phase four now. Oh, wow. So there Way are the going future? to be movies after Infinity War Part 2. Which is 2018? No, Infinity War Part 1 is 2018. Oh, wow. Infinity War Part 2 is 2020. And that's still Phase 3? Yes. Wow. That's the end of Phase 3. So they have said that there is going to be a Phase 4, and I'm like, well, it's not going to be Iron Man 12. It's not going to be Cap 12 <laughs> or Thor 15. Right. It's going to be... You're going to have to start branching out. Right. It's going to be, okay, here's your Doctor Strange 2 and your Black Panther 2, and that's fine, but where's your new Doctor Strange and your new Guardians and your new yeah. Captain Marvel? Once you're doing sequels to all of those. Yeah. So they're going to have to start doing more B stringers, I think. And I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we have seen guardians proved that it's possible. Yeah. To not only take those unknowns or, you know, unknown to people outside of the comic book world, make a good movie and make a successful movie. A fantastic movie. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite ones. Yeah, absolutely. Same with Ant-Man. Yeah. 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 Ant-Man being, I mean, yes, he was an original Avenger. In, in the comic books and in some iterations he is he is a more major character like in the ultimates but and for most people ant-man is a is a b-stringer he's unimportant and then he got his own movie and it did really well and it again is one of my favorite ones so absolutely i think it would only be strengthened by them dipping into more of these b-stringers and really giving them a life of their own the sky's really the limit with those B stringers because no one knows who they are, you know, of course, outside of the, you know, comic book world. And they can really take a lot of those characters that don't have tons and tons and tons of backstory and you don't have a ton of preconceived notions. Right. So you have some, you have some freedom with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm really curious to see what happens with phase four. And the thing is, so they recently pulled Inhumans from their like release date lineup. Oh, did they? Yeah. They didn't really give a reason, but it was pulled. Is it getting canceled or is it just getting moved? If it's moved, it wasn't moved to anywhere yet. Wow. Obviously, there's a whole lot of conjecture and theories that could go into that. You know, right. get a little foil hat about it. Um, <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of Black Bolt fans. No, somebody found out what his real name was and they sued. <laughs> they sued Disney for making <laughs> shitty trash. Um, it really is the worst. 
Yeah, it's actually funny. I uh, a few days ago saw an article about this, and in the comments, like one of the very first comments was somebody crafting a bit about like, oh, it's probably just because the main character has the stupidest name in the <laughs> history of comic books. It's true. Um, but yeah, so I'm really curious to see where we go from here. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we got Civil War coming up. Yeah. That's going to bolster some of those lesser characters like Ant-Man and Falcon. Yeah. Introduce a couple new characters. And then we got Doctor Strange coming out. That's going to build up some new stuff. And then Guardians 2 comes out. And if it has Wonder Man in it, I'm all for it, man. I think that's great. Yeah. I love Wonder Man. He's awesome. Yeah, he is a very cool character. I would say underutilized in, in the Marvel Universe. Definitely. Honestly. So, yeah. We'll see. Uh, also in movie talk, the sequel to Blade Runner is coming out a little bit earlier. Love it. Yeah, which is super cool. I'm very pumped up to see what they do with it. It was going to come out in January 2018, and now it's going to come out in October 2017. So only only a few months earlier, but that's still really cool. I'm very excited about the movie. It's set, you know, same continuation, getting to see all of that play out in the in the future of the future, which is very, very cool. I loved Blade Runner's Get Still Do. Uh, it holds up. Watched it again like a year ago. Still loved it. Yeah, it's a great movie. So I'm very excited to see it. And, you know, it's cool to see Harrison Ford doing the same role again. You know, it's like, okay, well, he got to, you know, do Han Solo again. and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> so Harrison Ford's just locked into these characters. But he does it really well, and I, I loved him in the new Star Wars movie. He was fantastic. So I have nothing but high hopes for the new Blade Runner. Yeah, I'm really interested in it for multiple reasons. So one of the big things that I'm curious about is... In the movie, it was kind of left up to viewer opinion if Decker was the sixth replicant. Right, right. But Ridley Scott has come out in interviews and said that he was. Oh, really? Officially, yes. I didn't know that. But it was never made official in the movie, in the continuity. Right. So I wonder if he will be in the next movie or if they're going to change it, if they're yeah. going to on it. Well, he is executive producing, so I wonder if how much say he has in that I'm just really curious because... It would be very interesting to see Ryan Gosling playing sort of like the Decker role in the new movie. Yeah. And then Decker being a replicant, being an old replicant. That, that would be would really be cool. cool. But again, I don't know if they're going to go with that continuity because it was never canonically said. They could easily just be like, no, he's just a man. So he's <laughs> yeah. old now. But the thing I'm even more excited about is that Batista's in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't know if it's an official casting news at this point, but he posted some like Instagram picture being like real excited about this and he had like uh like an origami. Oh yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, he actually had like a little origami in his yeah. hand. Like, I'm real excited about this news. Uh since then I haven't kept abreast of it, so I don't know if it's been officially announced. But either way, Batista as like the new like main replicant heavy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so cool to see that his acting career is just taking off like crazy. Love it. Yeah, he just came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously he'd been wrestling for forever, but it's so cool. Like, oh, well, I just jumped in and I'm Drax and then boom, I'm in every movie. Well, and what's funny about it is a few years back when he was in The Man with the Iron Fists. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this guy's going no place. <laughs> He's going no place. He got, he got an upgrade since then. Yeah, and then when they announced that he was hired to be Drax, I was like, whoa. So he's going to have no speaking lines in the movie. <laughs> right. That's what they're telling me. He was great. Yeah, he was absolutely great. And and he he brought a lot to that role, which is really cool. It, I mean, he, he brought a lot of personality to it with very minimal speaking yeah. lines and 
I think that's pretty tough to do. And I, I thought he was fantastic. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. He brought a little unnecessary uh, misogyny to the role. But um, <laughs> maybe they can develop that out of his character in the second one. We'll see. We'll see. Because he did just call Gamora a green whore for no reason. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it just no, it's just how I speak to women. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it should be really cool. And I'm really pumped to hear that it's been moved forward. I, it's always kind of um, a toss-up if you're happy that something has been delayed and or moved forward. Because you're like, okay, well, they moved it forward. Is that going to cost me? You know right. what I mean, is that gonna right. is that gonna like affect it negatively? You're you're trying to balance your excitement with it being you know potentially less time to produce and create, yeah. and it, it works the opposite way when something is delayed. Are you more excited that they're going to refine the product more, or more bummed out that it's delayed and you have to wait longer? Right. So I'm excited that it's br- that it's forward, and I can't wait to see it, and hopefully that doesn't have like a negative impact on the overall product. Yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be really cool. In other movie news, we've got a Borderlands movie that now has an official screenwriter. Okay. <laughs> they better not f*** this up, I swear. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I was saying earlier, I, I would actually kind of rather... I mean, obviously the movie's not out yet, so who knows? We don't know anything about it as of yet. But I would, I would honestly kind of almost rather it be like a Pixar-esque. Obviously not like a, a kid's movie. But doing it just with animation... Or with, you know, just doing it CG. Because th- those games are already so cinematic that I think it lends itself to that. And I really like the aesthetic. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of nervous that they're going to do some wonky business. Yeah, I, I'm i obviously excited. And I will go see the movie. Absolutely. Um, at opening night. But I, I honestly think it would be better as like, an animated series. Yeah, yeah, something like that with like, like shorts. Give me just like a one-shot Netflix, like 12 episodes animated Netflix yeah, Borderlands series. Yeah, that would be very cool. And obviously, you know, Borderlands does well in kind of episodic format anyway. I'm telling so. you. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, I, it remains to be seen. It's way too early for even any kind of real conjecture at this point, what they're going to do with it. But uh, I'm excited that they're doing something with it. And regardless, you know, so the screenwriter, he wrote the new G.I. Joe, the third one that right. hasn't come out yet, which is which is cool. I mean, those movies are kind of cool. I uh, actually really enjoyed the second one more than the first one, um, which cool. I know because <laughs> they got rid of Channing Tatum. <laughs> maybe maybe that did affect it a little Love bit. Love the death. Great guy. Known him a long time. Real hit or miss. Yeah, he misses. Yeah, he's been known to miss. But, Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, it's the guy that wrote that, which we haven't seen yet, so that, again, we have no idea what that even means. But it's going to be, they said it's going to be edgy and R-rated, which is cool. That's what Borderlands needs to be. I, I'm excited about it. I, I think it. I think it'll be cool. I think they have a lot to work with. That universe is really cool. I will say I will not accept the movie unless Marcus narrates the movie. <laughs> yeah? He has narrated every other thing that they've made. Every single thing that they've made starts off with him telling a story. Yeah. So I will rebuke it in the name of the Borderlands Lord (laughs) if Marcus doesn't narrate the movie. Well, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Since he's done everything else, it would make sense to keep it. And he's like the best character. Yeah, he is super cool. 
So we'll see, man. I oh man. Another thing is that the art style is so iconic and specific. Right. Trying to imagine that world as just live action real people is weird to me. Yeah, and that's that was what worried me. That and also that in the article that I was reading about it, that like they kind of compared it to like kind of Mad Max esque, which I was like, okay, what do you mean by that though? Because there's there's been several of those and you could mean a lot of different things with that. Are we talking like Fury Road? No, thanks. Are we talking about like original Mad Max? Hopefully Ooh, not. Take me to jail. But I would, I mean, that I mean, it was cool, but for Borderlands, now like Thunderdome, that would be interesting. I think, I hope that that's what they were referring to. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, again, it's all, it, you're exactly right in that it's so iconic that it's hard to see it as ultra realistic. But I also don't want to see it as some weird, a scanner darkly. You know, I don't want, it's like, okay, well, we did some weird, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, it remains Just to be Just rotoscope seen. it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want it to be, I want it to be Borderlands. I want it to be over the top. I want it to be ridiculous and cool, but have a lot of the same, you know, aesthetics. At least in terms of like, what the weapons look like and you know, the cool weird cars. And I need all of that. If it's going to be a borderlands movie, I want, I want all of those, but it it is cool. And the guy that's kind of like leading the production on it, he was the guy that like created Marvel entertainment. So I feel like that lends itself really well to this. You know, he's worked on everything, you know, like the original Iron Man and a ton of other movies. I mean, he's also worked on like those Spider-Man movies that we don't talk about. But, um, so you never know. Um, it's also cool though, as I was researching him and finding out about all this stuff, cause he just, he works on a billion movies, but I found out that, and I had no idea, maybe you did, but I had no idea that they're making an uncharted movie mm-hmm. and they're making an infamous movie. Oh, I did not know that. That's cool. And they're making a metal gear solid movie. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, but I didn't know about any of those three. I hadn't heard anything. And then I was, I would like pulled up his IMDb and it pulls up all these movies and there's not, there's no info. Apparently he just split off and started doing his own thing separate from Marvel just a couple of years back. And he apparently just wants to do cool. video game movies. Make me not hate it. Yeah. Like, so it would be cool. Every video game movie is bad. Hopefully, you know, him having worked on a bunch of these Marvel movies, hopefully that's going to lend itself to the video game world as well. I would hope so. Borderlands is a weird one. Borderlands is a very strange game. It stands out from other games, both in aesthetic and in feel. So I'm very interested to see how they go about bringing that to, you know, the actual, an actual film. But I'm pumped about it. So, you know, I remain optimistic. Yeah, I, uh, I'm interested in it for sure. I'm calling it now the best video game movie of all time is going to be the Angry Birds movie. I forgot that they were making that. Weird. So onto some cool Kickstarters. Uh, check some stuff out. And uh, there's some really, really cool stuff going on right now. One thing that jumped out to me immediately was Norlandia, which is... It's three to four players and you sit down and the first thing you do is you build a city and they have rules to simplify that and streamline it, but make it very fun and very different. It adds a lot of replayability. 
And then once you have built your city, you then, it, it, it's GM-less and you solve a murder mystery, but no one knows who actually did it and you actually have to like figure it out. So right. it's not one of those games where it's like, okay, but this guy actually like knows the whole time. Yeah, I uh, I was a little bit scared because I was like, is this going to be one of those games where you play it like once and then you know the answer and then right. it's ruined? Yeah. No, totally not. Yeah, and, and, and it seems really cool. There's like tables and stuff and you 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 know, pick different things. And the coolest thing about it is that, again, you build your own city and it kind of like flavors it and it doesn't even have to be earth. You can pick like sci-fi or fantasy cities and build those right? and then add all of that into it. Yeah, it's a cool, another cool little thing that they threw into it is that you have like the traditional like trope of, oh, we're investigators. Well, we have this cork board and we act, you actually like put pieces of information and clues up on a cork board and like follow. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so you actually like get to do that with, you know, string, red and like, string. Oh, and you yeah, know. exactly. And so it's like, Oh, well this interacts with this and this thing is different. I don't know what the hell it does yet, but then it connects to this other thing over here. But eventually we're going to figure it out and then we're going to find the main bad guy. That's so cool. So yeah, it seems very, very neat. It dunked on its goal. Like immediately. I love that. Yeah. So it still has, what when I looked at it earlier today, it still had 23 days to go. It ends on May 19th. And they had uh, achieved $12,000 out of 3500 Wow. Not bad. Yeah. And so uh, it's really, really, it's really cool that it just got to just immediately get funded. And yeah. I, I'm not sure what their stretch goals were. I'm, uh, I know that they had come up with some pre-made campaigns. And I'm, I think that they were going to add more uh, for stretch goals. So that's pretty neat. Also, like having, having you know, writers come up with stuff too so that you don't have to. So you can really just jump right into it if you would like. Right. Or just as a little bit of a flavor thing. So, yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, their video was really well done. The product looks great. I'm really interested to see the finished product. Yeah, I really just like the replayability of it. I mean, honestly, like I'd said, there's a lot of those games out there now that are getting more and more popular that it's like once you play through it once, like Time Stories is is a great game, but even even if you don't finish the mission, yeah. You can never start over. Yeah. Because you're you're given so many pieces of information. There's like surprises in each mission. Yeah. But this one is so like modular and and there's so many differences every time that that's not a factor. And I love that about this. That's yeah. like one of the main reasons that I'm excited about it. Yeah. That, that's what jumped out to me, uh, was that no GM and that you build your own world every time. I, I think that's the coolest thing. And I love seeing that in games. It's very rare. And I love any of that. And that's why microscope blew me away immediately. It's like, you can learn how to play this game in 10 minutes and sit down. And it is the most open-ended game. Yeah ever we should actually play that again sometime. we should play that it, it was a lot of fun and so i uh i would i would i would be interested in playing in norlandia as well yeah we'll scoop this one up for sure i back yeah. like two or three board games a week on kickstarter unfortunately <laughs> it's a problem yeah you've been making it happen yeah it's bad news also there's another project right now called helium core which seems really really cool it's based around this burgeoning field of iPhoneography, and it is this pretty cool, simple platform, basically, that you pop your phone into, pop your iPhone into, like a phone case with yeah, it's basically bells and whistles. Yeah, it's basically like a really nice looking phone case, but it has like modular attachments 
It allows you to attach lenses. It allows you to attach different lighting kits, handles, all sorts of things, uh, things that I didn't even know existed because right. I'm not a photographer. <laughs> um, but it seems really, really neat and affordable. And it allows you to, you know, most of us have a smartphone and I'm sure that, you know, if they can get it going with iPhones, they'll probably, you know, come out with it for more devices. Possibly, who knows? But uh, I have an iPhone, so I can move forward with that immediately. But uh, it's really cool that I don't have to go buy like a nice quote unquote camera. I can just buy this thing, pop my phone that I already own into it, and then just use it better, which is really cool to me. <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, I want to go take better pictures. Well, I went and bought this lens, and so I just snap it onto my phone, and then my pictures look better. Right. Whoa. That's awesome. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, but it's like it's like flashes and lighting and like microphones and like yeah. you can make it into like a video camera for like live blogging or like filming or like a, just so many options. And it is very, very cool. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it's funny because you're seeing right now that a lot of people are saying this may be the last generation of consoles for video games. Right. Because they may just become modular like PCs or might even start to blend into where consoles and PCs aren't really different. Right. But I'm like, it's just going to be your phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get to the point. Like it's that, just going to be your phone. Yeah. You just, you just plug it into a TV. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you don't even up. plug it into a TV. You just VR. Oh yeah. I, I keep forgetting that that's a real thing. Yeah. You, you don't even need a TV anymore. You can have a movie theater on your face. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's really cool. And it, it's cool seeing modular technology really starting to, to just explode. Yeah. And it, it was cool. Like watching the video of, of, Watching his Kickstarter video, it's just a billion different attachments. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at all of these different things that we're just going to like flip through really quickly that you can just snap onto this thing. It's one product. You just go get these other these other products, and they're all interchangeable and usable together. And it's really neat seeing that. Again, like we were talking about it just the other day, how cool it is seeing things in technology that allow that allow people to jump into a field right. more easily. And that's I'm always a fan of that. Whether it be, you know, what, what we were talking about last week with, um, you know, like the, the coding program, like the kind of Duolingo for coding. Right. Uh, you know, and it allows people to just know nothing about coding and just go, you know what, I, I want to learn how to code. So I got this app and I just, I'm, I just started doing it and now I'm learning how to code. Okay, cool. And it's, it's kind of like that for me, that Helium Core is is like that for photography. Right. It's like, I want to get better at photography, but I only have an iPhone. Okay, well, I went and bought this thing. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah, I snapped my phone into it, and then I went and bought a tripod. Okay, well, now I'm learning how to use a tripod with photography. Okay, I went and bought this lens, and I snapped this lens onto it. Now I'm learning how to do different lenses. Well, now let me get into different, you know, contrasts. Let me get into different lighting effects. That's awesome, and it's so cool. Anything that makes something more accessible, especially skill-wise, I'm just such a huge fan of that. And I, so I, I love seeing stuff like this. When I looked at it earlier, it was at 8,000 of 30,000, but they still had 30 days to go. Wow. I'm, I'm sure they're going to smash it. I have no idea what they're going to do stretch goal-wise. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this product and I really want to get some money on this. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I don't have an iPhone, but I mean, I can appreciate what the product is and yeah. it's very cool. So while we're talking about Kickstarter, I have to tell you about this game that I saw. 
Okay. So you're familiar with King of Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. We played, we bought it and played it one time. It was a lot of fun. We played it one, one t- twice. We played it twice. And I've played it, I think, one other time since then. And I've actually watched some other people play it. Uh, but I saw this game on Kickstarter called Big Angry Monsters. <laughs> and it is such a direct King of Tokyo ripoff to the point that, like, it's, it's humorous. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you go look at Big Angry Monsters Kickstarter, it's, like, hard not to laugh. <laughs> So, like, the game is almost identical in every regard. There's, like, two differences. So, in King of Tokyo, the city exists, and there's two spots that you can travel into. Mm-hmm. In Big Angry Monsters, you build the city out of different tiles. Okay. But it's still the same concept. Right. You just jump to, jump to the different tiles. Right. And then the dice, which has almost the identical symbols on it, even. Oh, no. Uh, it has, like, one extra symbol on every die that's different and has, like, one extra mechanic. But I mean, it's it's a ripoff, man. There's no there's no way around it. Whoa! It's like the same style of little like cutouts of the monsters, and you like go stand in the city and like you are trying to like destroy the city while also destroying the other monsters, and you like get energy back for like waiting, and then you can like mutate yourself with like upgrades. It's ridiculous. How are they not getting in trouble for this? So, I mean, I, can, I don't know if can you really get in trouble. For I have that? no I have no idea. But I feel like. I feel like King of Tokyo is a big enough game that I'm sure they could put some litigation behind it if they wanted to. Well, here's the thing. Big Angry Monsters has 43 backers. They have pledged $2,173 out of a $23,000 goal. Oh. And it has three days to go. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's why then. Because King of Tokyo doesn't have to waste money King on... of Tokyo saw this and was like, well, I mean, we only have to sue them if they actually get it. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. They're <laughs> getting told. I'm, I'm sure that people are like, whoa, what is this? Oh, it's a King of Tokyo ripoff. Well, I'm not going to back that. Is this an expansion? Are we doing... It's such a direct ripoff. That's so crazy. Like, honestly, if you go look at the actual dice, the symbols are, like, the same. Like, it has, like, the little, like, claw print and, like, the little lightning bolt. Oh no! Yeah, it's like the, it's identical. I hate that. Yeah, so that's the thing that I saw, and it's ridiculous. Ah, that's so weird because I feel like I've never seen anything like I've, I, I'm a big Kickstarter guy, and I don't think I've ever seen something that's just like a crazy ripoff before. Like I've seen some like video games, some, and of course they're the ones that don't really get funded, and they they're just like Grono Trigger. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but never like... It's like duper Florio Crothers. <laughs> yeah. But I've never seen like... I've never seen an actual like board game that someone put... It's oh, just like identical. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's sad. Like someone put time and effort, like hours, man hours, into developing and designing... Well, I guess it does Someone else's game. I was about to say, I guess it doesn't take that much time and effort if you're just lifting it from someone else. Yeah. I, I it's it's ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. So yeah, if if any of you are familiar with King of Tokyo, go look up Big Angry Monsters on Kickstarter and have a gig. I mean, it's got, it's only got three days left, but the the pages stay up. Right. So that's so yeah. Crazy. Go 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 take a gander and have yourself a laugh because it's identical. <laughs> I just can't believe that they thought they would get away with it. Huh. Well, all right. Anything else? No. All right. See you next time. Bye.
transfer complete. Program terminated.